You are now listening to Good, Bad, and Unavailable. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode 147 of the Young Black and Bother podcast. I'm joined, well, I'm Greg and I'm joined by my co-host. Hey, it's your girl, Chris Cash. I'm back. This girl, let me press Hey, it's Q. What's up? So at the time of y'all listening to this, it is Valentine's Day week. So I'm hoping that y'all are doing all the positive, nasty things you can possibly do for the next <laughs> eight to 72 hours. Um, Not me. Exactly. Chris, what do you have going on for Valentine's Day? Hmm. Well, actually be in... Um, I'll be out of town, so I won't even, I don't know. I'll be out of town. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, um, I'll be out in Memphis this weekend. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. in Memphis? Mm-hmm. Memphis? I really don't know. <laughs> trouble brewing. You already got something. <laughs> I really don't know at all. I have never been. Actually, I've been to. Damn, what was that? I've been to Knoxville, but never to Memphis. So I'm just really excited to finally like get a surprise. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to like do the usual. Hey, we're going to go to dinner, or hey, let me take you out. Blah blah blah. But if you got like a whole thing planned, and I don't even know, like that's lit. That's what I want to see what what it's about. So you're going to have a Valentine's Valentine. You're not having a regular ass, you know. Yeah, nah. What they say, getting flued out. (laughs) I'm getting flued out. Well, let me tell you, I've been to Memphis. Um, You definitely need to go, Greg. You definitely need to go. Um, I'm sure the food's got to be amazing, right? Oh, the, no, the food is the food is amazing. Like I, the last time I was in Memphis, it was 10, 11 years ago for Memphis in May. You know, Memphis mm. is May, Memphis in May is the barbecue fe- is the barbecue festival. Mm. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> right here, Memphis barbecue. Oh my goodness! I know that I have a massage book. Mm. But yes, Memphis, and, like, it, it, like honestly, Greg, if you, if you want, like, I would, I would recommend going to Memphis anytime. But if you really want to experience Memphis, go to Memphis in May. Well, go gonna, to Memphis in May. I'm going to wait until Chris comes back with the story next. Week. <laughs> I, I yeah, really ready. Um, I'll be back with some with a story for you guys. <laughs> Q, you said you don't have anything going on, right? Not a, not a, not a damn thing. Well, yeah, my, my, my Valentine's Day will be, I, I, I will be celebrating the start of a week off from work. <laughs> and okay. like, yeah, it, it, 
there's a reason why teachers burn out. And I've I've reached that point. Oh no. No, I, no I, sit, like I've reached that point. I've reached that point because and it's and you know like the behaviors in my class like today. I'm I'm just gonna today. So, you know, I step out, my co teacher is in the room, she has her small group. You know, she pulled her small group. She start, you know, starting thing in her small group. The rest of the kids, I basically told her, like, until I come back, let them open, you know, get their their workbooks and mm-hmm. complete any pages that they haven't done. So basically, that's the like, you know, start their warm up. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, well, I printed went to print. The the actual moment for today's lesson. Okay, I get. I, I'm walking back to. I'm walking back to my room. And I see one of my kids like literally coughing up blood. What? What fucking school do you work at? The school. Like, right? Literally, <laughs> literally coughing up blood because another <laughs> another another student. Who has had some very extreme behaviors, like lit, you know, punched him in the throat. What? What kind of little demon? And I'm like, so, so then, so then later, so then later, so then later today, after lunch, <clears throat> after lunch, um, the same student, the one that did the punching, mm-hmm. the same student comes back in my room, starts to fight with another student. And I literally, like, I'm so I break that fight up. Like, mind you, I, I went to school to be a teacher. Not, not I didn't go to school to be a WWE referee. Right. And as I, I didn't go to school to be a WWE referee. And I literally, like, the same kid now is scratching, like, scratching like clawing into my hand, kicking and punching me. And so I, I called a beha- you know, I, I called a behavior tech. Like, hey, I need you to come to my room right now. Mm-hmm. And so when the behavior tech comes, we're looking at each other like, so why is this student why 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 did they come back? They like literally I told you like next week we have all next week off. Mm-hmm. Young Bulls, Young Bulls, midwinter break should have started today at nine at nine oh five a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so he got suspended finally. No. Oh damn. Well, honestly, well, you know, in in the school district that I live in, we can't suspend first graders. Oh. Uh. We have to like massage it in a different way. Like, okay, I'm, you know, it, but it can't be. Yeah, you can't can't suspend. But honestly, like, young boys. But this kid seems like he's a danger. It's da- it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And like, that's just one of five extreme behaviors I have in my class. The mm-hmm. other class the other class has three, four students of their own 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you want me to teach? You want me to do all this? You want me to do this? You want me to do that? Like, you want instruction to happen, but it literally cannot happen if I'm breaking up fights every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, like, I have another kid, short, light skin, so he has a, you know, light skin Napoleon complex. Yeah. <laughs> and if he not getting the attention that he wants from the adults, yeah. he goes and he picks on other students and then try to and then cries wolf. Like, oh they're messing mm. with me. They're te-. like, no, no son. It's you. It's you now. Like at first we were like on his side, like, okay. You know, but now it's you. Other yeah. students could other students could be working. Can be, mm-hmm. you know, doing doing what they need to do, doing, you know, on task. No, it's you now. It's you. Okay. So, like today, th- that same student came, and you know, this is new thing called. Well, at now revised new thing called like toy called Bay Blades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the little pool things. Yeah, so I took his Beyblade, and like when I say this, this when I say this child cussed me out like every word, but the son of God. Mm. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, look, you're 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 six. What you say to me will not affect me because I've been called worse. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not gonna let that keep going because that—that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, you see, so you see, like, yeah, yeah, you see, like, what, what's gonna sorry happen? to belabor the point, but yeah, it, it, no, 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 it, no, it, you're completely fine. But what's going to happen if you are a listener of the show, if you are a fan of the show, if you have heard this in earshot, if WPGC has stolen your swag, but that, that's a completely different story. We're gonna get there, but um, whoa, whoa, yeah. What's what's going to happen is in 2020, a lot of y'all are going to be better parents. Mm-hmm. You don't have children yet, but what's going to happen? I have a flock of friends, Q included, that are great parents, and they know how to have their children behave. Shout out mm-hmm. to my godchild who her class was nominated. Q, I, I know I'm at the bounds, but go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Not nominated. They won class of the week. They won for being the best class, okay? That means that your kid or children are not bad. And a lot of people forget that most of the times the reason why the child is bad is because the mm-hmm. parent is not talking better and they feel like they have a daycare sitter for six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. The kid comes home and they're tired. That's not how this shit works. Sometimes y'all are trash parents, man. Like mm-hmm. a lot of y'all need to come with, like having someone on the show that is a teacher and he said this for the past two years, like Y'all as parents have to do better. At what point do the parents have to just recognize, like, they're not leaving the school that way. They're showing up that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And up- it's really sad. It's just really unfortunate because then it makes everything bad, like, in return. But then again, I mean, it's just hard out here in certain areas. Like, it's just really hard to be a parent. 
Yeah. As if it's not already being hard, apparent, you know, being apparent enough, but it's like, yo, what are y'all doing knowing that you have to take your kid and drop them off every day to give them to somebody who you know the first, second, and third thing they're going to do is contact you all day. You got a nine to five, right? If you know your kid's bad as shit, you should know you about to get that call. Because I know you and I have had this call between he and I. It's like, yo, like, this fucking kid is bad. Mm-hmm. I've I talked to the parents. I've talked to the principal. I've talked to this person. I talk to every. I talk to Jesus when I get off work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about on the podcast. This kid is just bad. They're toxic. They're toxic. They have to be homeschooled. They have to be something. <clears throat> Not even that. Like, like if if your kid needs meds, get them the meds. If your kid needs professional help. Something that I can't give because my specialty is in education, not in psychology. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and, and I know that education is a branch of psychology and a branch of sociology, but I'm not an expert in the mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not an expert. <laughs> and I, I'm an expert in, 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 in teaching, but I'm not an expert in the mind. Yeah. I'm not an expert in the mind, but I am an expert at ass whooping. I got plenty. <laughs> Happen and Q, I know you can't say this because you are a teacher. Sometimes you, as a parent, need to recognize when the words you're saying are not being effective. You know what was effective, and I don't want to keep harping off of our generation, the generation before us, blah blah blah. I don't want to even say corporal punishment. Sometimes knowing that your kid has to be disciplined in whatever format or way that you shape to be what's best for you needs to happen. Take away mm-hmm. that fucking tablet. Take away that iPad. Take away that fucking three, $400 Nintendo Switch that honestly, you probably asked your side nigga, your side girl for that you wanted that Nintendo Switch. But you know what? Since your kid wanted that Nintendo Switch, you wanted to give it to them? Take that shit away from them. Take the iPads, take the computer. These fucking kids now, their Christmas list don't even look like shit that we had as kids. And I get it. We had Power Rangers. We had Goosebumps. We had shit like that. These kids, mm-hmm. like, honestly, if I told a kid, what is a TI-83? They would look at me like, what, what the fuck? What is that? Like, what is a TI-83? What is a Texas instrument? Like, what is a calculator? I have an iPhone. My goddaughter, who is right now, she's nine years old. You know, she asked me for that. I'm not even her father. I had nothing to bring to her before she got into this earth. And even to this day, I still have nothing. But my thing is, what do you, like, how do you punish a kid at at that young age who has everything? You can't tell them, hey, go to your room and read a book. All their fucking books are on tablets. Nope, you get them the hardcover books. And mm-hmm. you got to take the initiative. Like, it's easy to just throw an iPad at a kid and let him do whatever. But do you think. I don't give a fuck. Do you, do you feel like that's the problem right there? Is when you have children who literally, the things that you've given them, it's trying to declutter like your home with the tablets and stuff like that. Instead of having a bookshelf of two or 300 books, you're like, hey, Here's a Kindle. I know you like to read because there are children who love to read, but a lot of the mm-hmm. equipment and technology that they have that would use like that benefit of reading comes with mm-hmm. extra stuff like, you know, 
being able to make in-app purchases of mm-hmm. Fortnite and stuff like that. When my friend told me, he was like, yo, Greg, like, you know, my son ended up spending $69 on Fortnite. I was like, how? He was like, I was already signed into my iPad and I give it to him when he wants to play. I was like, that's the first mistake you made. Give it to him when he wants to play. I know. Like whenever I do have children, I will say I will manage to give them their own older iPad of mine. It's not going to be something that they get from 2019. When I see little children like at music, because I work in DC. So when I see them Mm -hmm. lunch break and I see these, like group of kids, they're like eight, nine years old. And they're walking around with the iPhones I got. I'd be saying, there's no fucking way. Yeah. I got the triple camera. Give them a razor. <laughs> I got the triple. The triple. So, they, yeah. They, like, everything work. I get. Oh, you got the, you got the iPhone 11? Yeah. Yes, because I'm 35 and I pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go to work and I pay for it. Shit's wild. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's go and start at the beginning. You know, we kind of went on a tangent. Our apologies. Um, we do have to start since it is February and we have started the precedence of basically every February we do do our black history. So our black history for this episode, for episode 147, we are going to shout out none other than Miss Finette Carroll who is Broadway's first black woman director. So born in 1922, March 11th in New York City. But by the age of three, both Vanette Carroll and her family moved to Jamaica, where she would spend most of her childhood in the West Indies. She attended Long Island University, where she earned a bachelor's degree. And then she would later receive her master's at New York University and started a PhD program at Columbia University and then decided to pursue a career in acting instead of finishing her degree. On top of that, she was a clinical psychologist at NYC's Bureau of Child Guidance, as well as doing things such as directing a production on Broadway when Don't Bother Me, I Can Cope opened at the Playhouse Theater. She was, hey, that's what's up. Yeah, man, like... It's so weird being black and not knowing these things. And it's, you know, at our age, we weren't taught these things. They weren't, Mm -hmm. they weren't. So maybe like, you know, it is a good thing that our kids have the tablets and the things they have. They're not using them for that purpose. For us to be 33 and learning these things, I'm like, yo, like I'm 33. I never knew this. The access of information is what makes it good. But also too much information can be a negative. That's what it is. Like you really just gotta monitor it. It not say because I mean you don't want them to lag because everything around them is gonna be technology. You know, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's crazy. So let, let, let's just, let's just keep going because we've had we have a lot of positive black news is going on for mm-hmm. February. So you know, next up, a Washington D.C. student is headed to Harvard after being offered twenty five scholarships. Oh, wow. That's great. I wish I had. If I knew what I know now, I would have graduated with no student loans. (laughs) Just be rich. So weird. So he he got 25 admissions to colleges and universities around the world, and he accepted the offer to attend Harvard University. So Raquan Brown, he attends right now Benjamin Banneker in D.C. and also plays football. 
So he told WJLA, I love football and I'm very good at it. And he also said that his stepdad was murdered in 2018, right before he started getting college offers. His stepdad inspired him to do the things that he does. Mm. That's terrible that he got murdered. That was terrible. But I mean, like the fact that he took a negative and made it a positive at 25 schools, man. And he's going to Harvard. So what's going to have? That's, but that that's a that that's the typical story of a Banneker student. Like Banneker is one of Banneker is the best high school in DC, the best. So, um, you know, it's great. To, it's, it's definitely great to hear those stories. Those stories need to be um, made more public, mm-hmm. made more known. Because Banneker is an exceptional, de- is, 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 excuse me, Banneker is an exceptional high school in DC. Exceptional. Who exceptional. used to teach there? I, well, back when I was in school, because mm-hmm. I I started at I started at school without walls. I started at school without walls, and then graduated. So wait, from, I thought walls was the best one. No, it's Banneker. Walls, it, school without walls is like. Up there. Can you it's really count walls though? Because they're kind of like GW, right? Right. Yeah. Slightly, but I mean, it's still in the top ten, though. No, no, no. Yeah, wall. Yeah, schools on walls is is a, is a schools on walls is definitely a top high school in DC. But Banica is the best. It used to. It used to like. It used to be. It used to be a like rotation with Wilson schools on walls. And Banneker for like the top public high schools in DC. Yeah, but Banneker's just Banneker is just on its own thing, and they're about to get their own. They're about to get a new building. The old Shaw is about to. Oh, which really? they just tore. Yeah, they just tore down the old Shaw building, and that's going to be the new. That's going to be the new Banneker. Wow. See. Hmm. Positive black. News, but we even got even more because for such a derogatory name for such a team that honestly does not reside in our like area right now, Jennifer King, a black woman, will become the NFL's first black woman full time assistant coach for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> Helen, okay. I shouldn't be as excited as I am about this because I am not a fan of the Redskin, aka Washington Sports Club, mm-hmm. all of that. However, what I'm excited about is the fact of seeing not just a woman, mm-hmm. but a black woman being the first in my town, in mm-hmm. my town, in the NFL. And mind you, she served on other teams. She served um, for the New York Jets like a couple years ago. And then recently, like Ron Rivera had her, who's now the coach of the Washington Redskins. Wait, she's from Silver Spring? No, 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 no. So, Oh, I was about to say, what? She was an intern for the New York Jets a couple years ago. And then more recently, she worked with Ron Rivera, who is now the coach of the Washington Redskins. She worked with him for the Carolina Panthers. Now... She is scheduled to be staffed as a full-time assistant coach. Like, I don't think people take that as seriously. It's not, it hasn't been a headline because, you know, you had like 
a whole bunch of NFL, NBA, and now you have like the XFL and stuff like that. This shit matters, man. Well, well, yeah, she is full time. Like her title is co- is still coaching intern, but she's a, like she's a full time full time staff member for the Redskins. Mm-hmm. No, they they given her the title. No, 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 no. The title is it's still coaching intern, but she's a full time coaching intern. So basically, she is an assistant coach. They just give they get, like the title she has is intern. Okay. Well, all I know is she's going to be on the offensive side of the ball, which I'm completely fine with because yeah, she, with the running backs. They, so they, yeah, she's an intern with uh, Randy Jordan, the, the running backs coach of the Redskins. That right there is not enough to make me a Redskins fan ever. However, what I'm saying is, Ron Rivera, if you wanted to keep your job for longer than 16 games, you're in the step of the right direction. Like, that is good. But shout out to her because that, I mean, that's big news, man. No, it's huge. It's huge. Like, especially, especially you know, the NFL taking heat and flack for the lack of minority representation in head coaching and general manager positions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, that is an opportunity as it's, you know, an opportunity for a stepping stone yeah. to get more minorities, yeah. more people of color into positions, into positions of power in the NFL. So no, it, it's huge. It's huge. And then to be the first African-American intern, like you know, the the, you know, the 49ers have Katie Sowers, and she's an actual like full time assistant coach. Like you know, we want to be inclusive, and it's time for the NFL to do. It's time. It's past time for the NFL to be to be that way. Mm-hmm. It, it's. Not- I don't even like the Redskins either, but I was impressed. I was like, okay, finally y'all doing some shit right. Absolutely, <laughs> to me, big deal. So Chris, like, completely agree. Let me see. What else do we have going on? Um, honestly, like that's our little. Oh, we can. I have one real quick. We need to talk about Mayor Pete trying to be the white Obama. Oh shit! Do you want to do? Did y'all see him (laughs) last night at his acceptance speech? Of um, I mean, this victory speech about New Hampshire. He literally looked like Obama, like from the suit, from the 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 facial expressions. The pauses. I don't know if Obama's speech coach is now working for B- Pete Buttigieg, but it is mad obvious that he's trying to be white Obama. He even changed his haircut up a little bit. I see it, Pete, and stop it. You are not Obama. You be Mayor Pete from South Bend, Indiana, and stop trying to ride the coattails of my man, Obama. What you call it? Joe Biden already tried that shit. Look how it's going for him. But I do think it's funny that Joe Biden is walking around thinking he about to uh, just swoop in and all the black people about to save him. Yeah. I mean, low key, y'all may hate me for this, but we low key owe Biden for getting us Obama. So niggas, y'all should vote for Biden just off strength of that. But y'all not because y'all not loyal anyway. No, it's, 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 for me, it's, my thing is my loyalty is anybody but him. When I say him, I'm talking about the current president, the current amendment. Oh, yeah, anybody but him. Honestly, like, the Andrew Yang situation to me, like, I've been following that, and to see him drop, I was like, I knew it wasn't going to happen, because it felt like it was really lofty. And with Biden, like, I feel like I, I 
I don't really care about him as much as I should because I don't know as much. I'm not as versed in it because I'm not the politics person on this show, more so. Um, mm-hmm. but for the front runners to be these two guys, you know, with Booty, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Booty? <laughs> yeah. It's not Booty Check. And they keep calling him. They got so many names for Booty Judge. <laughs> so we're just going to call him Pete. So I'm going to call this nigga Pete. So, so Pete and Bernie. Like for them to be the front runners, I'm like, okay, like if if that's what I have to go against, I don't care which one of you are the front runners. Either one of you is getting my vote over him. And the reason why, obviously, it's personal game because a lot of people kind to, you know, they tend to when it comes to politics. Oh well, I, I want to see how that person's going to work and that group's going to work. I'm like, no, it works for me first and foremost. But at the same time, it's like, yo, like. I just can't have that for another four more years, even though we know that's what we're going to get for another four years. And we've talked about this even before we started doing the shows. We knew that you know Trump is going to work something out to fuck us mm-hmm. all. But I don't want to get down to the wire and be one of those people who how they were. It's like, you know what? If my candidate, the person I wanted, wasn't going to be the person that won, then I'm not voting at all. Like, mm-hmm. you've seen this m- multiple times. It's not fair, man. Like, just anybody but him. I don't yeah, know. we really gotta we gotta stand together, everybody. Just put your differences aside. Like, yeah. he's trying to get rid of the student loan forgiveness program. Like, what kind of evil? Yeah, he's trying to get it's bad it, enough. It, we gotta <laughs> work in those poor ass conditions make next to nothing, make 120 payments, which is 10 years of fucking service to these jobs, and now you want to take it away from us? No. The thing with with Trump is, like, he just wants to erase everything that has anything to do with Obama. That's it. That's that's his goal. But the thing is, but was wasn't the student loan repayment program the last thing Clinton did? I mean, not no. Clinton, but George Bush. That was Bush. <laughs> yes, that was but, Bush. So, but, it was, mean, but it was strengthened, strengthened under Obama. So anything that has Obama's name attached to it, Trump wants to get rid of it. He's ridiculous, and I hope he gets sunburned or melanoma skin cancer, whatever comes first. Yeah. I've never wished death on anyone, but I hope it's a long way. Makes sense. Anyway, um, so what what else do we have? Uh, oh, for me, uh, this is just a personal vendetta for me. Um, I have to say, as someone who has been a long term, long time rather, Arizona Cardinals fan, that's, that was the first team I'd ever seen play football. So they played the Washington Redskins and. At the time, you know, I was just really not a fan of the Redskins. I didn't like the name. It mm-hmm. nothing resonated with me. So when I saw the Cardinals, I was like, "Oh, it's a bird, like a simple." No, they're they're cool. Well, I, I can get with them. They beat the Redskins. This was what in like 1994. This is how old I am, right? So I go watch them win. I was like, you know what? That's my team. Fast mm-hmm. to 2020. All the bad shit starting to come out of Arizona. The racism, the politics, mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about this the last time we talked. Um, there is an Arizona CEO that was like a president of a company who had gone and made like nothing but racial slurs at an Uber driver because the Uber driver told him 
that, hey, I can't accept your ride right now. Like, no. So the guy was drunk and grabbed the dude's crotch. It was was a lot of shit that happened with this Uber ride. So the Uber driver, I guess, like, he cursed him out in the car and everything like that. And the dude told him, hey, you know, we can just, like, disperse. You know how when your Uber's telling you, hey, like, this isn't your ride or something like that, or, hey, you can get another one or something like that. Needless to say, Arizona has really got me completely fucked up. So the entire state of Arizona, I, I just can't do it anymore, man. Including the Cardinals. Um, it, it, it really hurts. So shout out to Larry Fitzgerald. I hope he gets traded some someday because <laughs> it, it's really bad news. Um, Next topics. Uh, do y'all want to do first 48? We don't have many. Honestly, America outside of politics has been pretty fucking calm. That's good. Shit. Yeah. Nope. Um, we can skip it. Oh, okay. Fine. So, yeah, we'll, skip it. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip first 48. But I, I wanted to ask y'all one really important question. When it came mm-hmm. to this coronavirus thing, we do have to address it. <laughs> we haven't really talked about it much. Um, so for the past like week and a half, two weeks, so my wife and I, we had gone to the West Coast. We had gone to a Super Bowl wedding and everything, came back into town. And I was just like, I won't say I was feeling sick, but it was just like, yo, like, was it like transferring, like going to different areas or whatever? So I decided to go to urgent care and urgent care don't give a fuck about you. They'll literally be like, hey, like, we're going to send you this bill in three weeks. And you'd be like, all I did was get like a fucking $120 for nothing. It's like, wait, how the fuck did I spend three hundred dollars and all you did was put a like a fucking lollipop stick in my mouth? Okay, cool, whatever. So I go in there like, oh, it's not the coronavirus, but we need to let you know that you have to do this, 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 and this. So I had like a few antibiotics I had to take for like three days, right? So mm-hmm. talking to the nurse, and she looked like she had seen so many patients over the past three or four days that. She was just like fed up. Like I thought she was gonna quit. Like when I walked in the door, so I walk in and I'm talking mm-hmm. to her, asking, and she was like, "The first thing I said to her was, hey, you know, I'm just coming in to get checked up. You know, I didn't know if it was the flu because I had my flu shot." And she was like, "Well, everybody keeps saying that, but have you think? You know, do you think that you have coronavirus?" And I was like, "No, I don't think I have coronavirus." She was like, "Because." Everybody that's in the lobby feels as though they all have coronavirus. I'm like, honestly, if you're telling us we have the, you know, the whole news is telling us all the symptoms are of coronavirus, everybody's going to walk in here, right? So right. She, she's like, well, you know, just sit here, fill the papers out. So I fill the papers out and I was like, I don't feel like I have coronavirus. But each, like, hour that they keep coming out with these updates on the news and everything I see online, I'm not web E, what is it called? Like, web MDN or whatever like that. But the more I keep hearing about this, it reminds me of that movie Contagion. Like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that movie, but it was a movie that started with like a woman who had like gone to dinner with a guy or something like that. And then she gotten sick and she came back over to the like West coast. And next thing you know, everybody in the world is sick. And then it's just like spread everywhere. So there's maps and all this about this coronavirus shit. And I was like, yo, like, why is everybody walking around with masks? This was today. Yeah. So I get on I get on the metro and I'm sitting next to a woman and she has on like this and it wasn't even like a mask. It was like 
a legitimate like flu mask as if like she thought that everybody in the world is contagious. So she's talking to me on the train. She was like, I'm surprised you don't have a mask. I was like, why would I have a mask? on? she was like, yeah, it's going to get serious in about like two or three weeks. And I was like, should I actually really be scared about this? I go on Amazon. Do you know every single fucking mask on Amazon for these like, you know, coronavirus and stuff like that? All that shit sold out. Yep. And it's going to be sold out. I didn't know this. Mind you, I, was, I told you I was just at urgent care. They told me all like all the masks on Amazon are sold out. Like, mm-hmm. like stocking up and being ready to stay in the house for like two or three months. Like what is going on? Yeah, it's getting pretty wild, and no, I don't know if we're like overly overthinking it, or like this is something we should really start paying attention to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I get leery when I hear people sneeze all crazy. I'm just like, oh no, nah. keep my Pharrell per- handy. Yeah, like my coworker today, she tapped me. She tapped me on the shoulder. I was already scared when she tapped me on the shoulder, but she's like, "Hey, Greg, I'm going to CVS real quick. Do you need anything?" I was like, "No, I'm, I'm you know, I'm okay." Like I don't. Once the doctor told me I didn't have Corona, I was like, "Fuck, I ain't got Corona." Like shit, I'll, I'll take a Modelo. Like how about that? <laughs> I'll do that. So she says to me, "She's like, said a Modelo." <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, "Hey, everything's good. You know, you're fine." So when I go to work, and she tells me, she's like, "Hey, Greg, I'm not feeling too well." You know, I'm going to go to CVS. Do you want to run with me? I was like, no, I'm okay. So when she comes back, she had gotten one of those, like, she got a plastic face mask. Not the ones that they sell on Amazon that, like, are reusable. She got those disposable ones that they give you at, like, the doctor and stuff like that. So she mm-hmm. had disposable mask. And then she had, like, Kleenex. She had Purell. I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on that everybody is getting, like, really defensive about this corona, you know, with the coronavirus? So then I Googled it. And everybody's like, oh, it's like SARS, but they don't know if it's more or less serious than any other disease that we've had in the past five to seven years. So the first thing I thought about, and I was going to bring this, you know, to Q's attention because he's a teacher. And I was like, oh, what happens knowing that you are a teacher and not only do you have these students, but you also have the parents? Mm-hmm. And for you, Chris, for, you know, your job, it's like, yo, like you have a similar situation. For me, it's like, it's isolated. You just have like the same age gap or something like that. But when you have people who have children, who have grandchildren, great grandchildren, you know, and like with you, like you just have different walks of life, just walking into your job day in and day out. Like mm-hmm. from coronavirus. That. You just got to pray, man. Keep washing your hands like they told us back in the day. Yeah. Simple things, I guess. Like, it really isn't nothing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Like, you know, in, in my job, I had, you know, being in the school building, that's, we call it a germ factory for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we call it a germ factory for a reason. So, Two people just had the flu in my office. And I'm just glad it stayed contained to that one little section. Yeah. But it's crazy. Two people in the same section got it. So one of them gave it to the other. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it was, but one of them gave it to the other. So and I was like, oh, no. Nah. Now, didn't either one of them just refuse to get the office mandated like flu shot or were they just like, fuck it? Like- well, our, we did, like they give us flu shots for free. Yep. I haven't got one, so I can't really talk shit about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
Um, no, nah, nobody was refusing to. Yeah. And I think one of them actually had the got the flu shot, but didn't get, but got a different type of the flu. Like she got like type A and had a shot for B or some shit like that. I don't know. Some bullshit she said. Well, I don't want to scare too many of our listeners, so we'll, we'll just move on because coronavirus, that shit's serious, but I did want to touch on that because... It's- now, the, the flu shot doesn't help you with that, though, right? No, I'm not saying just the flu yeah. shot. I'm just talking about, like, contagion in general with the flu shot and the mm-hmm. coronavirus. Like, there's a lot of shit that happens between the months of, like, you know, December and, like, April for the most part with all these sicknesses, illnesses, and stuff like that. No one's telling you that you have to get a flu shot, but if it's going to prevent... You and your sick ass children, mm-hmm. everybody else sick. At least get your children vaccinated. That way, they don't get my brother Q. You know, my sister Chris. Like, just please, like, help us help you. We can't <laughs> our jobs if you are getting us sick. Okay, so I mean, j- just help us. Moving right along. So we don't have too much when it comes to news and entertainment. So when it comes to news and entertainment. The number one thing that's been happening over the past like two nights has been the broom challenge. Um, I tried this and then I realized, yeah, yeah. I tried this and then I realized, you know what, Greg, you're high right now (laughs) because my broom is actually a vacuum that just brooms shit. Like it's an actual vacuum, but it's it's, already standing. Yeah, it's already fucking standing. So I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, so my my wife, she says to me, she's like, Greg, like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, hey, I want to do the broom challenge. She was like, Greg, the vacuum stands on its own. I was like, I get that. But what I'm saying is it's the only day in the world. And I was like, wait, but people have been doing this shit for two days now. So what's wrong? That's what I'm saying. It's a joke. NASA ain't even saying shit. You Google NASA, you don't see one thing. I was just high that day. Okay. So that was just, (laughs) that was, but it was fun. It was like a good way to engage everybody. Like let people have fun. Even if they, we know we wrong as hell. Then what I didn't like when they were spreading like this false information, like the, Oh, it's the uh, uh, winter solstice or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, it ain't even happy yet. Don't spread that. Not at all. But but the NASA, it was funny. It was cool. I, I got a nice little kick out of that. Um, mm-hmm. this is gonna piss y'all off. Q, as someone who had a pet, Chris, you have a you know you have a puppy as well. This mm-hmm. is gonna take y'all out. So, Peter, their president. Has- <laughs> It says that calling your animal a pet is a disrespectful term. It's derogatory. You gotta say that derogatory. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Get My it. thing is, who's saying this? Like, has, has did the pets come to y'all in complaint? I've never. My my puppy has never told me, "Hey, um, I don't like that shit." I'm not your pet. I'm your companion. Exactly. Yet you, all I do is lick and cuddle, and you have to do everything else for me. Oh, walk no. me, feed me, clothe me, bathe me. No, nigga, you a pet. You not a companion. I can't do it, man. That- a companion takes care of itself. Yeah. And then, I mean, we ha- we have a few other topics, but I mean, a lot of this shit doesn't matter. So let me just give you like a brief, like overview of what happened. So Jay Electronica, you know, that's CJ's boy. So CJ, you know, I'm going to leave this for next week because he said a year ago, he was like Jay Electronica. He's going to come out with an album. 
They said it's going to happen in March. So we're just going to wait to hear what CJ has to say about that one. Um, Amber Rose has a new face tattoo, apparently, of mm. her son's names on her forehead because, assumingly, she ran out of space. Um, I, I have nothing. Um, she's the she's the parent of these two boys, and that's none of my business. The issue yeah. is when you are a celebrity, the difference is knowing that you're doing things versus, you know, for attention versus like I'm doing it because I'm fucking Amber Rose. We can't tell what it is because Amber Rose is like she teeters the line of, hey, I'm a celebrity, but I also don't want to be like famous. Like she's just one of those types. But this fucking tattoo shit. Hey, um, sure. Whatever. She brought she this wants. upon herself. Yeah. It's on you. It's like nobody even who's checking for Amber Rose right now. She said she wasn't doing the slut walks anymore. She's being a mom. We were all trying to respect this shit. And then she just shows up one day looking like, you know, an eight year old whose parent Q, which episode? It was literally one of the most recent episodes where we talked about a parent who had found out that their kid had like writing that was last week wasn't it like yeah 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 the the episode we did last week so last week we had literally did an episode where there was a toddler who the daycare center had written on the kid's stomach hey you guys ran out of diapers pretty much and they got home and the parent realized this shit and it just reminded me so much of amber rose and having this shit on her forehead it's like oh you know what I want to be upset, but why? All it's going to do is upset me more. So there's that. Speaking of things that will upset you more, um, Oprah Winfrey says that Gail King has received death threats after her Lisa Leslie interview about Kobe Bryant. Do y'all want to have a comment or am I going to be a person to leave this? You know what? I have mixed feelings about this whole Gail, Kobe, Gail, Lisa Leslie, Kobe thing. Like, I think she was wrong, but when I watched the clip, and y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, it looked clearly edited to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the words didn't really even flow together. It didn't look like the questions were, like, that repetitive. Like, it looks like it was cut up to make it look like she was like, really questioning uh, Lisa Leslie. Yeah. And yeah. I just felt like it was a little harsh Given that you can see that it looked altered, yeah, and like I, I know Gail and Oprah foul, but I wouldn't think they'd be that foul. Yeah, like me in my in my personal like humble opinion, like I don't agree with the tactic, you know, the tactics that the two of them have used, especially mm-hmm. circumstances of the fact that they pick and choose who they want to cater for, and we get it, like when it comes to Oprah, when she was younger, there was a situation with her with, you know, child assault when it came to molestation, everything like that. But with Gail King, I get it. She's also a friend of Oprah, but it also feels like she's kind of been the scapegoat. So now it's like, we're all turning the tides when it comes to the situation. Cause when we talked about it last week, it was like, yo, we watched the video and even though it looked doctored, it looked edited, mm-hmm. she was still wrong. Like, I don't care how many times you like cut it up and chop it or something like that. 
something. Oh no, she was definitely wrong. Definitely wrong. But I just felt like like the death threats and all that shit. Y'all niggas couldn't even kill Zimmerman. So what are y'all talking about? Exactly. And that that was my main issue right there. When we had the women and the men alike, but more so the men, because it started with Snoop. So when Snoop said the shit that he said, like there were a lot of people who was like, yo, Snoop, you're right. But it's like a lot of people felt the way that Snoop felt, but it wasn't to that magnitude. Snoop was like, yo, we're going, we, we coming after you. I was like, no, nobody wants to come after Gail King. We just want her to know not right now. Mm-hmm. Like Snoop is just one of those, like, he's always, he's that uncle. Like, you know, remember when like 10 years ago, when Snoop brought uncle Charlie out and you're like, yo, like, Thanks, Snoop. You you gave us Uncle Charlie. Now he's Uncle. Mm-hmm. Looking at Snoop, it's like it's okay if you just sit in the corner right now. You can feel how you feel, right or wrong. We're not mad at the way you feel, but if you keep that shit to yourself, that's completely fine. Right. And he came out against Gail. Like I was sitting, I was like, yo, like you didn't have to say that. It was one blatantly disrespectful, and two, like I get it, woman, man, like dog, cat, whatever is disrespectful. But Gail, yeah, it was very disrespectful. But I've also listened to podcasts who have said, oh, well, don't forget all the things that Oprah has done for you and all the things that, you know, she's done for black men and black women and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm. nobody's forgotten about that. But what we're not going to sit here and act like is they've completely voided the argument and discussions of the fact that Gail and Oprah, whenever they are questioned about the men in their lives that have done similar tactics. And I'm not even going to put the race out there because I want you to figure it out for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Whenever we mention that, it's more so like, I can't speak on them. So the fact that get, um, for Gail, when she did that interview, when she had said to Lisa, it was like, well, you wouldn't understand because that's your friend. If someone mm-hmm. asked Gail King how that same question, she'd be sitting there stuck. She'd be like, oh, well, I, I guess I can't because I'm, I'm friends with Mr. Weinstein or, you know, or this person or this person. So the death threats aren't something that I condone. I think it's really disrespectful. And the people who have said to do these things are absolutely disrespectful and just like disgusting. That's one right. thing. Me, I feel like I can't go and defend Gail King and Oprah and Snoop. I'm not here to defend them. I just know what's wrong. Gail King, for what she had said in that interview, anything that happened after that, I can't say. But what she said in that interview, knowing Lisa Leslie literally said, no, like, I don't want to have, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. This is what I didn't come here for. And you were like pegging her for that. Like, no, it's wrong, man. And then, with Oprah, like, to come out, like, oh, she's been receiving death threats, blah, blah, blah. I was like, she, yeah, she, she probably has. I mean, no one said it was right or wrong, but it's like, you put this on social media to make it a hot topic. Right. The only reason that came out is because you wanted it to be something. It was sensationalized from, like, the beginning. So I'm hoping for the best for Gail King. And I know a lot of people try to hold that R. Kelly interview that we talked about last year. Mind you, you notice all these interviews come out around the same time, around like January, February, like all these little interviews that they do. But 
you know, I hope Gail King is doing all the best, but I really wish they would stop throwing her under the bus when it comes to these interviews and making her the point person. Yeah, exactly. They don't never do that shit to Oprah. Yeah. Like, stop making her the point. You know, go ahead, talk to Oprah. Oprah, she be sitting, she be hiding her hands a lot. Mm-hmm. The Monique shit last year, when, you know, when Tyler Perry had to go and defend the shit, Oprah was sat, she sat there with her hands under her ass. It's like, all right, okay. All right, Oprah ain't gonna say shit. Gail, she said what she said, she did what she did, she had the interview, and the next thing you know, Oprah comes out, well, my friend, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but you're doing a shit after the fact. It doesn't matter. If something happened to Gail, to your friend, what do you do now? Yeah, I know. Them crocodile tears. Oprah was barely crying. Yeah. She's barely crying. Yeah. She's like, she's not okay. She's not okay. <laughs> and and not, to, not to sound like I'm playing both sides, but it's like, yo, like, black men, and this is the only people I can talk to. I'm not talking to black women. I'm talking about two black men. Like the snoops of the world and all them, like, y'all have to stop trying to pull this narrative of, you know what? Hey, we, we have the women on our side, so we're going to try to turn all the people we have to us. And if they're not, fuck them. Cause that's what Snoop did. It was like, hey, you know what? Y'all ain't with us. Fuck them. Like Kobe's our man. And we get it. We do appreciate Kobe and all that other stuff, but what we're not going to do, we can't keep disrespecting black women like that, man. It's, it's fucked up, man. Regardless of how Gail King played that, how many times they doctored that video in that interview, y'all sending death threats stuff? That's not... Yeah, that shit was mad low. Like, come on, y'all. That's not... That doesn't have to be your mom, your aunt. No, it's not right. It's absolutely not right, man. So, I mean, I I don't know where to lead off with that. So, we'll leave that for, you know, because next week there'll be a whole nother story where we got to talk about that, where Gail Kim, you know, Gail King comes out and there's another interview. But we do have to talk about this before we go into our segment, unfortunately, of what's bothering us. Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. Um, no, what do you do now? Yeah. Um, so the XFL, if you don't know, has come back. So this oh, man mm-hmm. the company called the XFL which now that the NFL, the season is over, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs who beat my team, but that's a completely different story. The XFL has rejected Colin Kaepernick after his exorbitant salary demands. So (laughs) basically they are saying that he is asking for more than what he is worth. Now, a lot of people can try to paint this picture to be, hey, he was a quarterback that was in the Super Bowl. He was a prominent black figure in the NFL. He made X amounts of money, blah, blah, blah. But the commissioner, Oliver Luck, of the NX, uh, for the XFL, said on NPR Sunday that the league approached Colin Kaepernick to play in their league, but said that significant salary restrictions ultimately meant that the spring football league could not go down that road. Basically saying, you know what? You are Colin Kaepernick. We appreciate you for being Colin Kaepernick, but you're asking for too much. Now, this comes right off of the, you know, the tale of the Super Bowl where Jay-Z and Beyonce had sat for the national anthem and Colin Kaepernick had followed up by saying, oh, I thought we were past kneeling. That's what he said on social media, correct? So, well, I honestly, I was there, all right? And I seen Beyonce and Jay-Z sitting down. They literally was not the only people sitting down, though. Like, it to me, they wasn't being disrespectful I, at all. Like, they weren't 
I don't think it was like uh, everybody in the stadium was standing up yeah. type of shit. Yeah. Well, I, I, and when you at home, do you get up off your couch on your sofa yeah. and, sit, and stand for the pledge when you watching the game at home? Q- I guarantee you don't. I don't. Q and maybe I- y'all, maybe some some vets. Q- but in my household, we sitting around. We might pray pray over the food while that's going on. When Q and I go and we sit, like we can literally be at FedEx. We can be at a football game if the drinks are flowing and we're all hanging out and stuff like that. The game is on. We're not standing. It's not. It's not like some. It's something that I guess is for the players. It's just for presentation for them. <laughs> but the kneeling stand and stuff like that. Like if we're going to get past it, if they want to call it that, like just being past it, like. Every time it happens, we can't make it a thing. So the Jay-Z and Beyonce thing, like, yeah, they they sat, if you want to call it that, because they didn't kneel, but they sat. Like, we can't literally try to play, like, you know, tit for tat for every single thing somebody does. Because we've been in games where there have been people who have not taken off their hats. You know, I didn't know this until, like, three or four years ago that, you know what, hey, I'm standing up for the Pledge of Allegiance and stuff like that, you know, for the National Anthem. I got to take my hat off. I was like, oh, this is a fucking thing. Like, y'all make me pay. Yeah, because some people take that as blatant disrespect. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like, so what the fuck do you want from me? Like, there's a a lot of shit to it, man. It's weird. I don't know if, like, Q, do you have anything you want to say about the whole aspect of it? I don't know. I mean, at this point, I I don't know. Like, it, it, it's really time. Yeah. Excuse me. It's really time for to, to honestly get over it. Like at this, like he's not gonna, he's not gonna get a job. He's not gonna get an NFL job. He's not gonna, you know, all of that. So like, why? Why even keep discussing it? Because it's just like nothing. Nothing's gonna come about of it. So what's done is done. What's done is done, and like you know, what I'm saying it, it's it's literally becoming white noise now. So let me let me ask you a question before we go into like the what's bothering us segment. When it comes to Colin Kaepernick, do you feel as though like Colin Kaepernick actually ever really wants to play in the NFL, or do you? Nope. He wants he like he likes the status he has now. He's bigger than the NFL, so he's going to always be this Colin Kaepernick. Because the moment he gets on the field, I feel like that allure is gone. Like all that. No, I mean, he's I mean, especially if he goes back to the NFL. Like Kappa's a Kappa, so you know they always gotta. Yeah. They always, you know, it was, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not one. You know, I don't want to paint all Kappas in that way, but he's a Kappa, and that's what Kappas do. But no, like I honestly think he Greek enjoys slander. it. Yeah, 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 it is Greek. It is Greek slander. Yes, yes, indeed. But like, I honestly, I honestly, I honestly believe that like he does not want to play again. And every time he like shows him a fight against the NFL, whatever, that's more money in his pocket. So like, he making more than than he would actually playing. Yeah. So like. Come on, like, like you haven't played in three years. It's you not, haven't played in. Th- 
Yeah, yeah. Like, you haven't played in three years. You've had the opportunity. You've had the opportunity to get back into the league and no. So, like, you don't want to be back in the league. You want to be a martyr. To be a martyr. Fully agree. Well, I mean, I just hope for the best because it's one of those situations where, I mean, you damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but what he can't do, what Colin personally can't do is pick both sides. Him being him. You can't be like, you know what? I thought we're past Dylan, but at the same time, you're like, you know, I, I really want to be in the league. And then when the XFL now that they've come out, be like, oh, well, we wanted to give him the opportunity to prove not only himself that, hey, I can still play because that was what he told us a month and a half ago when he did the tryout, right? You know, for the NFL, you said, hey, I can still do it. XFL was like, hey, wouldn't do it. You already got your Nike money. You got that, that, you know, this. But they wanted two million. You wanted to, you wanted two million dollars a game. Yeah. And, you know, the XFL has a 10 game season. So basically, he wanted 20 million dollars. Like, that's how the A, that's how the AAF went belly up. Exactly. And like, no. That's why, like, all the quarterbacks that sign contracts to play in the XFL, Cardell Jones, Landry, Landry, like Cardell Jones, Landry Jones, when NFL teams came calling, and especially like the the Steelers wanted Landry Jones back, mm-hmm. the XFL said no. You sign a contract, you honor that contract. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like you know like I mean you can honestly make the same case for Johnny Manziel like yeah you can make the same case for Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel will bring instant star power to the to the XFL. So would Colin Kaepernick. But it, like, do you want all those negative things in your startup league? Yeah. And, and the and the XFL is a startup league, even though they were around, you know, it's 20 years since they played their first their first and only season. Mm-hmm. They're startup league. Yeah. You're trying to like you're trying to create a base and like some of the, the you know, the, the innovations that the XFL has run, like the kick, like the, the kickoff. Yeah. Like, you know, having the transparency with, with, uh, replay, all, all those things. You guarantee, I guarantee you the NFL is going to, the NFL is going to be doing those same, is going to be doing those same things, if not next year in two years. Absolutely. But like, do you want that negative felicity around your league? Mm-hmm. Like, I know Vince McMahon is probably thinking, sure, bring it on. Like, mm-hmm. it's the WWE. But, like, you want to brand yourself as the spring football league. Legitimate football, where you're giving, where you're giving football players a legitimate chance to try out for the big, for the big leagues, which is the NFL. Mm-hmm. No, you want to make yourself look legitimate. Mm-hmm. And you want to, and you don't want to go belly up after seven games like the AF did. Mm. Well, see, we'll, we'll we'll see because thing is, this isn't the first, and this isn't the last that we'll hear from Colin this year. So we'll we'll leave that where it is instead of us doing. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. 
Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. Segment for what's bothering us. I want to do like a little bit of a different approach to it. So since it's Black History Month, I want each of you to give me your Black inspiration for 2020. Okay, well, I'll go first on this one. I, um, I'm inspired by the courage of, and I know this wasn't a topic, and we're probably going to talk about it on the other show in a, couple, in a week or so, but I want to give, I want to I, I want to admire the courage of Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union's daughter. Uh, well, yes, I can't say daughter. I want to, I, I, I you know, in this age where like being part of the LGBTQ community is more accepted than ever right now. To have a black celebrity, because it happens in, you know, white celebrity all the time, AKA Caitlyn Jenner. But to have like a black celebrity family openly accept and with open arms, their son who, um, you know, I came to the came to the acceptance that I'm I was born with male genitalia, mm-hmm. but that's not how I identify. Mm-hmm. Um, the courage to like accept them for him, well, for her. I'm sorry, accept her for her. Um, and it's not this big up war, or oh my god, what the hell is going on? It's okay. She made a personal decision for herself. Her parents, Dwayne Wade is not her natural, well, Dwayne Wade is her natural father. Gabrielle mm-hmm. Union isn't. But for him to accept it is, that's my child. That's my daughter. I love her regardless. Like, that inspires me. That inspires, honestly, it, 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 it inspires the community. That all the things that um, those who identify as LGBTQ, which I I do, (laughs) um, what we have been fighting for for years, accept us for who we are, not over what we identify, identify with, or identify as. Accept us as human beings. And really, honestly, I think that once humans start doing that to each other, the world will be a much better place. That's a that's a good one. It honestly took a lot of courage for them and even him, because I know. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I know because 
the NF the NBA is pretty liberal. I I feel like like they they got some decent people in the NBA. It's not like say like I don't think that would fly so much in the NFL. Like I don't see an NFL player really doing that, being as accepted. And it's it, it, it already been tried. It's already been tried. Like they give the case of Michael Sam. Like yeah, he was drafted yeah. by the Rams. The Rams cut him. The only reason the Rams drafted him was like, okay, this could bring us good publicity. Like we're changing the norm that is okay. That it's okay for and you know football is a much macho sport than basketball. Mm-hmm. But you know it's okay for like you know we're being accepting of a football player but you've seen it even with like magic johnson and his son he's been very acceptive of him him well i don't know i don't think he i don't know what pronoun he uses so um um i'm sorry if i'm incorrect but he's been very open to ej and i just really i'm proud of the black men of the nba who I'm yeah, here to yeah, say that's I mean, okay. Yeah, no, the, the NBA is a lib- much more liberal and open league than the NFL. The NFL is a very far conservative league. That's why Colin Kaepernick does not have it, has not had a job in the NFL for the last three seasons. If Colin Kaepernick was a basketball player and was kneeling and everything, like the NBA is on the forefront of social justice. On the forefront of social justice. I mean, just look at, like, you know, Martin Luther King Day. Every team in the league wears something to honor Martin Luther King. You will not see that. You will not see that openly accepted in the NFL because the NFL is conservative league. And who watches the NFL? Older conservative white people. Mm-hmm. Who watches the NBA? Young people of color. And liberal uh liberal supportive non people of color. Yep. So like if Colin Kaepernick did what he did if he was an NBA player, a basketball player and he did what he did in the NBA, in the NBA, he would be accepted, respected and welcomed with open arms. Because yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just I mean, like, look at the ownership in the in the in the NBA, and look at the ownership in the NFL. NFL conservative Republicans, a- NBA. There are some conservative Republican owners in the NBA, but they're mostly liberal leaning, mm-hmm. liberal leaning uh, actors of social justice. Mm-hmm. So. Like I mean, you know, like I say, just think of think think of think of that, and then think of like even like right now, think of the Colin Kaepernick situation. If he was at, if he was an NBA player, we would not be having this discussion because he's a, because he's a, a quarterback, and the quarterback is the most important position on the field, and it's supposed to be the quarterback is the leader of the team. And your ownership is a bunch of conservative Republicans doesn't fly. Hmm. Interesting. 
But okay, so I would say my 2020 inspirational black person, <laughs> it would probably be Rihanna. Mm. And I'm going to say Rihanna because even though she hasn't put out the album yet and we're still waiting and I'm still waiting, but I'm going to wait and shut up because you are the queen. Um, I just feel like I really respect what she's doing as far as her fashion. I think this year is really going to take off. She single-handedly destroyed the Victoria's Secret fashion show that's been notorious for years with her online presentation of Fenty. Um, or Amazon, and she made a killing off that deal. She's just, and then she makes statements that empower Black women all over the world, even though she's not American, I get it, but she she understands our struggle, and she understands that she has to represent for Black people in the world. Like, you're not just standing for us, you're standing for everybody. And I really think she's starting to understand her position in the world and contributing more. So I just feel like in my own personal life, I want to know where I stand and contribute more, whether it's helping somebody with a job or just explaining something to someone. Like I've been getting better with my budget and I've been wanting to share things with others so they can know they can do lit things too and still have money in the bank like it's possible all things is possible and I just feel like she's kind of shown like all things is possible and I'm going to put that she's my inspiration Mm. profound so So, such a heavy episode (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of fun. This is way more fun than the negative episodes we had to start 2020. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so much more positivity. Um, so where can everyone find you on social media so we can get about it? Yeah, you can find me at Chris Cash DC on Instagram and at Viva La Marie on Twitter. Um, yeah, follow me. You can find me <clears throat> on Twitter at QDZ1906. You can follow us all at Young Black Pod on every single platform. Follow us, rate us five star on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, everything. We will read it live on the air. We will have multiple episodes coming up next week, I believe. Um, anybody who's listening this week, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Hopefully you found you a boo or bay or something. Um, more importantly, have yourself some fun. Outside of that, um, it is tax season. Make sure you get all the money that the government owes you. All of it. I guess that's my kind of thought. Um, anyway, <laughs> until next week, we will see you. Yeah.